Welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. And we are rolling. Knock on podcast number who knows. I don't even know why I start that way. It's just habit. Know, you forget all the time. Ryan Bronco just spoke next to speak. The lucky leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> the Brad of all Brads. That's now my identity. Yeah, well, it's been your identity for anyone who met you in person. You're right. And this is how crazy is this weekend? Right? Amazing. Is it going to be crazy? It's it's the most excited I've been to work in a long, long time. <laughs> You're saying that's work? It, it's not even work. It's, it's I try to tell that to Sharon all the time, yeah, and she is not buying it. So you came here 100% has nothing to do with your job. You're going to say no, it's work. <laughs> it's work. It's the greatest thing ever. It's, it's, it's amazing. We're, we're joined by a total freaking... A true veteran to the bow business. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Introduce yourself, dude. Um, John Liska, work with PSE, been there for 23 years, and uh, love it. Get to play with bows and arrows all day. How much have you seen there? Every department? Pretty much every department. 23 years. So that's, dude, that's seriously me starting at Matthews all the way through my Hoyt career. Like every bit of that time you've been in one place and yep. seen the truth is you've seen the ups, the downs, the ups, the downs, right? Mm-hmm. Cause any business that's been, been through around, all of it. yeah. If, if a business has been through decades, a business has been through trial and error, even a person, right? So this is going to be an awesome weekend. And I asked you guys to come and you've got a buddy of yours with you as well. Not just your buddy. I'm just saying hi Luna. Luna just came in. Um, should probably stomp on this and make it stop. But uh, <laughs> I think this weekend is really going to set the precedent for letting people know the importance of me making the choice to, you know, to move to PSE and what all that allowed not only me but also our community to be able to do and the different types of things that PSE was a hundred percent open. When I said, I've always wanted to do this. I've always wanted to do this. I've always wanted to do this. And you guys are like, yeah, we love, we, we love <laughs> good job guys. She almost did knock it down and unplug it. And yeah, hundred percent. You guys completely opened the ability for us to just do things that we thought were really cool. And this weekend I've got knock on nation members that are here, which I don't even know if you know this. Do you know how most of the guys that are here, how I met them? No. No. Do you guys, do you guys want to say it? (laughs) Cause this was like, honestly, I've always been so appreciative of everyone who's supported what I believed in, you know, a hundred percent. And I've always been about give back, give back. So do you want to 
Sure. So I started stalking John back in like 2010 when the series first hit TV on Sportsman's Channel. And that's where I fell into the rabbit hole and just dove in head first because local shops at the time just they weren't cutting it. And I was learning to do everything on my own and watching the knocked and ready to rock segments and all the education on the very first couple seasons of, of knock on TV led me to social media, led me to the next rabbit hole down, which was 3d archery because I sucked at hunting and I kept missing. <laughs> I didn't want to <laughs> suck at hunting anymore. So I totally feel I you, bro. Started shooting. I think that's why we connected. Cause <laughs> when I've, yeah, I think some of the first messages we made, I was like, okay, that's that was me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was, it was just horrible. I, I couldn't get answers. I couldn't, and I just researched and followed and followed and followed. And next thing you know, uh, the 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 show just kept kept growing, kept growing. The social media platform kept growing and growing, and I just stayed following. And it kind of weird, you know, you get the whole fanboy thing and. I knew just from listening to what John was putting out that he was busier than three people. And so I just started listening and paying attention to the podcast. And I got this cool thing where I can just remember what I hear. And I'd answer questions on social media. And the next thing you know, one thing led to another where I messaged John, Hey man, I got this question. This is what's going on. And he answered me and then snowball effect, snowball effect, snowball effect. Next thing I know we did a nation knock on nation giveaway like the initial giveaway and there was a bunch of us that got a bunch of really cool stuff just as i did a i did an awards one year and i'm trying to think well brad was social butterfly social butterfly (laughs) because of the videos yeah because he had the funniest (laughs) the funniest videos um dayton was the cook yeah the not i i picked categories that were really like true passions of mine within this whole thing that we do and the social media side, you know, I like, I go to social media because I like to help people, but I also like to get information out there. I don't spend a lot of time there. Honestly, I don't engage, you know, if someone tries to like prod me out on a post, it's not going to happen, but I try to interact way more on a, you know, if someone posts something and they, they say something, I'm more likely to, to DM them or somehow find their personal number and call them and be like, Hey, you know, this is John Dudley. I like to talk to you about this. And, and I, you know, and I do that a lot. Um, but yeah, we had knocked a fork. We had, you won the veteran award, right? Uh, yep. It was either veteran or the, like, what uh, was it? Was, it was like the, yeah, that was it. The social thing or something. No, he's the social. Yeah, for sure, the social butterfly thing. I don't remember. No, we had a like, veteran award. Yeah, that I was. Remember, um, sure. And then what else do we? Did we have one more? Well, it was uh, Brad, it was Dayton, three, I think, and yeah. I all showed up that one weekend. Okay. And then uh, I flew EOD, all you guys. Yeah. Hit, well, EOD, you didn't fly. Yeah, Todd and and him both drove. Yep. I pretty much just reached out, or I think I announced it maybe on yep, social media. Did, I can't yeah, even remember. It was a but, drawing. But I just said, like, here's, you know, here's the first winners, and then I brought you in um, to kind of have just a private one-on-one school and knock session. Right here where we're sitting. Yeah, just where all of yep. us are. And honestly, every time I do a build, you know, people out there inevitably say must be nice to, uh, you know, how do we get this? But 
I don't do builds for people that I don't feel like, well, that's not a fair way to say it. Because I know there's a lot of people out there that have a great message that I, you know, I can't do them all. But I legitimately don't do builds for people that are offering something monetary. I do builds for people that I feel like do something good for archery. And unfortunately, I can't do it for everybody. But at some point, it's like this person is a good spokesperson for archery. This person, and honestly, I do builds. There's builds we're going to do over this next weekend that are people that are people that are, you know, quote unquote famous, but I honestly don't spend a lot of time, you know, I'll build something for someone, but my, like my ability to have friends is pretty small just for time. So a lot of these people, I'm like, Hey man, if you need me, let me know. But you know, without saying it, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of time for, for other friends. It's, it's, um, I don't know. I really don't know how to say it, but I just know that what pulls on my heart is for some reason I'll see someone and I'll say, Hey, can you do this? Or I, you know, I'd love to do a bow. And then in the end, it's like this person's good for archery. Yeah. And it's good to get out there and and educate people too. And I think you're doing a really good job of that. And you can (laughs) honestly, there's, I went with what I could get for sites I bought spot hog sites for every bow out there. I bought elevate rest for everyone out there. I'm donating ridden stabilizer for everyone out there. And you guys took my cards, my credit card. You know, I've bought bows that are out there as well because, you know, I've, I have a certain amount that I just give back to archery every year. I'm like, you know what? Archery has been great to me. And, you know, I kind of have this unknown, you know, algorithm where I just tithe back to the sport because I feel like, I feel like that's what I'm here for. And every, all of you guys are perfect examples of just people that love archery. And, you know, okay, you've got 24 years? 23. 23 at PSE. Between me at Matthews and Hoyt, I've got 23, 24 Bronco, how long have you... I've been shooting PSA for 10 years. Okay. Brad? Archer as a whole, about 10 years. So, I mean, that's a most people's lives, you know, on average, right there. And everybody brings something awesome. Ryan, what's your background? Are you allowed to say? Uh, yeah, I'm absolutely allowed to say. I'm not I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> <Super> Andy status. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nowhere near Andy status. So, um, uh, I've been in the Navy for coming on 22 years. Um, uh I work with helicopters, obviously, and uh, obviously, and obviously, that's where rescue swimmers fall out guns of. Guns, I've seen. So, <laughs> yeah, we got we got a couple we got a couple pews, and then uh, <laughs> there's some other stuff that that goes on in the back of the helicopter that I can't really talk about. But for the most part, it's it's standard run of the mill helicopter things, uh, dropping off GI Joes like Jocko and and mm-hmm. Andy. You know, hey, we need to go to this place. Okay, well. I'm going to hurry up and get you there and get out of my helicopter so I don't get shot at. <laughs> yeah. So i uh, been doing that for 22 years. i uh, got a couple more years left, and then uh, I'll retire and figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up. Is that a submarine that just popped up? Well, I'll be dang. It is. Yeah, I'll be dang. Look at that. <laughs> I can see that. Look at that. So, get out. Get out. Bye. And, uh, yeah, and that. And 
And you're, you're basking right now in the fact, because most of the people who have (laughs) been, who have been really, um, I reach out to people. We have a, we have a group text to people that I feel weird saying it, but technically all of them started as like followers, right? But we have a group text of people that are just, you know, I call them just, they're like a hub people of knock on nation people that you know we kind of add people in as we go and this whole time (laughs) Bronco has been the PSE guy and believe me like he showed up here were you the you were the only you're the only PSE ever at that meeting four or five years ago when they came in I don't think there's another PSE guy he is taken so when when PSE was like a known consideration for me I called I called Ronco first, and I'm like, "Are you sitting down? <laughs> and can you just keep your mouth shut for four months?" He said, "Yeah." He's like, "Look, dude, what I'm about to tell you is so super confidential that it's beyond confidential." <laughs> Are you sitting down? But you will love every second of what I'm getting ready to say. And then he's like, I'm thinking about going to PSE. And I kind of asked you, I think I asked you a lot of tuning questions and so forth, right? Yeah, you asked me about the cams, uh, the feel, and um, it wasn't wasn't so much about the risers. It was more about the cam, the feel, and the performance and, and some of the tuning things that, you know, how easy was it to do this? How, you know, where's your rest sitting? How's the arrows performing coming off of it? And the valley, the feel, the, the you know, all the different things that happen to be with the Evolve cam system. Yeah. Obviously, you can speak to way beyond what I can, given the fact that you're there at the factory. But shooting them, you wanted to know what it was like from the shooter aspect, because obviously you could talk to whoever you could talk to about the engineering side of it. But the, as, as a shooter feel, you asked me, and I told you, this is this is how it feels for me, and this is how I set mine up, and this is where it, the ones that I have set up have tuned the best. And, yep. and then we just went from there. You know what worries me? and I mean, it's awkward saying this in front of you, um, but what worries me is I like to talk about what's of interest to me, but I also genuinely like to learn. I like to learn things. So, you know, when I when I changed to Sika, I had a lot of things that were very Sika oriented because I had to learn how to use the product. And I and honestly, I feel like a lot of people that had used that product became better at using it because they they learned some things that maybe they didn't know th- through myself. But I'm at the point now where I'm a hundred percent like I don't really know a lot. I just I'm taking experience and I'm applying it to a new product. And in the end, I know it's working well, but I also want to know am I work am I is it working at a hundred percent capacity or is it working at eighty percent? So that's why it was really cool for me to to bring you here to talk to to Ryan because Ryan has he dorks out about like he is a gadget nerd like <laughs> god forbid him and Rogan ever get into a room together because 
just like give me a wingsuit so I can dive out of that because they're going to just talk about <laughs> gadgets <laughs> and gear till I'm just ready to freaking fly a kite. But what did you guys talk about today? Because I kind of introduced you two today, and I, then I heard you just going – off the uh, deep end, the, I'm like, I'm out. The, yeah, the rabbit hole is it's the water's great. Were there Florida. things that he said? Were like, what were some of the things that you guys talked about? You being a long time PSE guy, or you being a longer time PSE internal guy, to where you're hearing direct from someone like an outside perspective? Like, what were things that you think some of the listeners could hear that would would help or resonate a little bit well the, the first thing we talked about was the could you put an ec cam or module on an se cam mm-hmm. and Here we answer go. that is no um <laughs> they're, they're different sizes different cams we're there brad so, <laughs> but it was a good question um, it comes up quite often yeah um and it was mostly valley let off related mm-hmm. and uh, i think we cleared that up pretty quickly yeah what are some of the most basic misunderstood things about a like a PSE from a first time user or someone like me cuz I've asked some dumb questions in the last uh, 2 months there's there's no dumb questions and um I don't know it's there's, arguable it's it's hard cuz I've I've <laughs> been out of the actual realm of talking to people on the phone and stuff for quite a few years so to me it's no dumb question you ask me I'm going to give you the best answer I can yeah and if I don't know the answer, I'll find it out for you. So I don't know that there are any dumb questions for, I mean, what he asked, he was like, I don't know, this is a good idea, but no, it's a good question. And this is the answer. What do you feel like, what do you feel like is PSE's most underappreciated thing that they have going right now? Cause I've um, said this multiple times and I know people listening think, you know, it's a sales pitch, which honestly, Hey, just yesterday, I called Matthews and I, you know, I asked for a very specific product and item that I could use in one of my videos. And strangely enough, I was turned down because, and I'm, you know, the dealers are going to like to hear this, but they're like, well, we only want them to go into a dealer to do that, which I understand, but. You know, there's also people out there that have to go 100 miles to a dealer. Right. So the reality is I feel like I don't feel like certain types of education are a liability. I think certain parts of archery education prevent liability. You know, I feel like some people are going to do that stuff on their own. Them doing it right is is better not just for the consumer – but also for the manufacturer because in the end when archery is fun you shoot archery mm-hmm. you know if 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 golf is fun you go play golf when golf really sucks there comes a point where you throw your club in the lake <laughs> right and you know i want it fun for everybody you know yeah and it, if it's fun and you start out with a, a good experience you're going to continue if it's a bad experience you're you don't want to do it anymore. What do you think that one thing is? Is there just one that you feel like as someone inside for 24 years, you're thinking, what the heck? Why are we not getting credit for this? Well, there's a lot of things that we do that I don't think in the past we've marketed it well. Yeah. Um, our bows feel as good or better than anything out there. 
our draw cycles are good. We have the let off people want. We also have more adjustability than anybody could ask for. So me from the inside, what else do you want? I feel like your speed is the most underrated. That usually is too. True speed. Yep. You know, like the NTN is advertised at a certain speed. I legitimately filmed it live getting better at every poundage I've, than what it's said. Yeah, I've been so, messing with, with these bows coming out of the box from the factory for a few years now through the shop down in Florida. And routinely, you're going to get two, three, four feet per second faster than IBO or anything advertised. And it's just straight out of the box. Not, not tuned. It comes from the factory in the 29-inch, ready to go, here you go. Nothing tuned. Throw something on it, and you're going to get two to four feet per second faster. But that does, and what's crazy is that doesn't sound like a lot until you compare it against someone that's not getting four to five to six feet a second according to what they are advertising. Because, you know, we, (laughs) there were times where, there were times where I'd go to the ATA show and, and you know, there were certainly times where the bow world was in a speed war. And actually, you guys won during that time. PSE won during that time. But um, I remember getting, you know, I remember, I'll say the name, but at this time, Kevin Struthers was at Bowtech, and, you know, he was very boisterous about what Bowtechs were getting for speed at that time. But every single one we got, every one we bought, was over in poundage and freaking ridiculously over in draw length you'd get a 30 inch cam it would draw nearly 31 which is you know seven feet a second at the get-go add three pounds you're talking you know now you're talking like on a ibo arrow you're talking okay well this is a 10 feet per second at minimum then you look at okay the bows they tested had four strands less than the bows that come to a dealer all this stuff is just like complete smoke and mirrors to where, okay, th- at some point there needs to be, you know, our serving, our center serving is five inches. Yours is three inches. So, you know, all that stuff starts to add up. They were doing everything they could to cheat the, the system. Yeah, 100%. You know, 100%. And it's like, okay, you know, the axles and, and uh, cams, you know, had freaking graphite on them for the speed bows, but do they go out to consumers like that? No. And it wasn't, they weren't the only one. There's been a lot, you know, there's definitely been a lot over the years, but I feel like at least for the model that I picked with the NTN, I feel like the string angle and a seven inch brace height at a legitimate, it's advertised at 322. I'm confident saying, on some, you're going to get 325. I feel like like the numbers are very favorable to the end consumer. Yeah, and that's we basically don't we want it would rather under on the speed and actually make the person happy when they get more speed out of it. Well, you you underpromise and overperformed. Yeah. Honestly, you've done that three times to me as a consumer. And I'm going to say that I'm a consumer because at this point I, I really still am a consumer. But you you definitely did that on performance. Um, you, from a speed point of view, 
you definitely did that on cam feel and like true, you know, like the let off I got versus what you, you know, what you said it could do. It was more favorable to me. And then to the entire world from a shipping point of view, you literally ha- you had left-handed bows in dealers before you had promised people at the ATA show that that these bows would be on the market. We definitely push to get that done, and that's what we always try and do. We strive to, you know, perform as best we can. Your ability to customize and filter that through is, I mean, I've I've shown people that are veterans within the industry where they were completely, they're like, we can't believe they were able to do that. And we're going to do a bunch of awesome uh, bow builds. Sorry about you know, every time someone comes in and out of the door, the alarm's going off. Um, but every single time we build a bow over these next few days, every so every few of them, you're gonna see one that isn't available. <laughs> and I know, I know, people are gonna be freaking torqued. Um, but in all I'm fairness, torqued, I'm torqued. You should be. I am. In all fairness. Um, we're kind of testing the waters on some options. You know, I think that's fair to say we're going to test some options, um, for some different combinations that are available, but also, um, your guys's ability to, to be able to customize and get them out because I, I ordered my bows at the ATA show, you know, and when I say that I had, I talked to a number of people that have been faithful friends, good for archery, et cetera, that said, I'd like a new bow in 2020. What do you think I should get? And I said, can I get you what I want to get you or can I get you, you know, is there something in particular you want? And they're like, we want to shoot whatever you give us. And so you know, I made an order at the at the ATA show for stuff, and I kind of, you know, I sat down with, with David and said, you know, hey, some of these guys, you know, I'd like to customize some stuff, you know, just so it's a little bit different. And uh, he's like, give it to me. You know, I'll put it in the system and work it through. And, uh, you know, last night I showed Jocko his, his new bow that's coming, and, he was just like, no way, this is crazy. But honestly, hats off because you've been you've been shipping as promised to dealers, and you've also you know shipped a full pallet of bows here that several of them are completely customized, and you guys went through it kind of without, I think, without problem. No problems, just uh, turns the whole factory inside out, but it works. <laughs> Oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> no, we're we're used to that. Um, you know, we we stop and change directions all the time, and uh, that was just another direction to get to get you taken care of and get you happy. Brad, how do you feel about all this? Uh, pretty good. What was kind of standing out to me when when we first got here was the two guys down here, Jeff and not Jess, Jess and Jack, John, and Jay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh He got John, right? Yeah, there's a couple of Johns in here, I think, right? Yeah. Uh just just taking the for them to take the time to, to, 
<laughs> Isn't there a Jess upstairs? Jess, right there. Yeah. That's oh, he's right over there. Did you say Jay? I think I said Jeff. I knew you said one. There's, there's, he named them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, if like there's a name that starts said, with a J, started with a J. One. I definitely said <laughs> it. Justin, Jamie, John, Justin, oh. Jess. We actually do have that many J's around. Yeah, we got yeah, a lot of J's. Okay, so the J squad. Jayton is upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Jayton Dalloway. Yeah, yeah, he's up there. But no, like uh, I, I had several, several questions about you know just general tuning of how the the bow is going to tune and stuff and. I think what's what's great about it, at least on the surface, is the simplicity. Like I think all the, the complexity is in, is in the bill of the bow, but it makes it simple for the user. Yeah. Especially when it comes down to the tunability, and um, there's not all all this this kind of unknown with different size cams and all this other stuff and string of cable links and you know what 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 cable goes on which which post and stuff. It's they're all built identically. Mm-hmm. So it I think for for the at least for for somebody that's like an at home. Bow tech, it's gonna be, it's gonna be really easy for somebody to work on that bow. Well, the reality is, I want, I want everyone to shoot what they like. You know, all the listeners out there, I want you to shoot what you like. What's cool about a podcast that kind of opens the door for people within a factory to talk about, you know, what they feel like is good, or for all of us to talk about things we like compared to another brand. Um, I've told this to, I've told this to several friends that, that I have that still work at Hoyt. I'm like, you know what? All you guys are competitors. It's all to me. All this is, is a wake up call. Like this is going to push a bar. And then in the end, we're going to get a bar, you know, there's going to be a bar pushed and then we're going to have to, we're going to have to get over that bar. And so I think this is good for archery. You know, I think it's good for, I think it's good for everything. I think every brand has a feel that's very specific to the user. Um, I personally feel like for whatever reason, I did really well with one brand, went to another brand and Loved how bulletproof it was, you know, got along really good with it. And then I went to another brand where I didn't have any expectation. But when I went there, I honestly found that it suited my style of shooting better. One of the things that stands out for me is I'm shooting a silverback better than I've ever shot one with this bow. And I think the reason why is because this bow feels so good at that higher let off compared to honestly I shot bows with high let offs in the past where I did not get along with them for whatever reason you know I, I don't know if the length of the valley you know it's almost like I felt like I could let the string go but it nothing would happen type thing and I just feel like I was able to be too lazy in the shop but my laziness resulted in a bad result you know it had a bad result whereas in this one i feel like i can i guess for this one i can feel like if i'm not at a hundred percent it still saves me you know so there's a weird you can't be lazy but you can be comfortable no i was legitimately lazy (laughs) no i'm talking now yeah now you can be 
you can be just comfortable. Yeah, with I shot. can comfortably be lazy. <laughs> <laughs> but Perfect. with the silverback, because that holding weight is so low with this cam, and you know, guys out west who can't shoot it in the highest let off setting, you know, I guess it's not a fully fair comparison. But let's just say the people that shoot one way all the way up until hunting season, even the guys out west that have to shoot a certain let off for their state's regulation. If I'm holding like eight pounds, you know, and I'm setting my silver back at, for me personally, because I understand a wall really well, I'm setting my silver back at 12 if I if my shoulder is out of position and I'm pulling, say I have to pull a little bit harder on it because I'm collapsing at the same time, for me, it's easier to go from it should go off at 12 to my shoulders collapsing and I'm, I'm kind of feel like I'm pulling at 14. It's easier for me to do that than to start at 16 and have to go to 20, if that makes sense. Because I'm able to have that thing set so much lighter when I let off the safety, I feel like my consistency of pulling through is easier for me. And I shot for, I'm telling you, I shot that bow in the other room is a 75 pound bow. And I had it set up with axis and both FMJs. And I shot some freaking crazy 300 rounds with a silver back. And I'm, I am not a hundred percent right now. Like I, th you know, I'm. I don't want to be a whiny, you know, a whiny bitch right now. But I can tell you that, you know, I'm. I'm struggling to do what I need to do for everyone out there right now because you know there's certain parts of me that are freaking getting old. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably the biggest learning curve with the silverback too is because it teaches you to use muscles that you don't typically use if if you haven't been acclimated to that kind of like yeah. shot sequence. Mm -hmm. So I think if you can get you can get a, a a setup that allows you to shoot more reps that way using a dynamic shot like that, then for sure it's going to be beneficial down the down the road. And for sure and one of the absolute benefits of the evolved cam is you can you, you've got thirty percent of let off that you can work yourself through to to find that exact holding weight that you're trying to find. Right. You know you, you've got the low let offs, you've got the high let offs, you've got the big cams, you've got the little cams or SEs versus the EC, or ECs versus the SEs. You can find that specified holding weight. And draw weight and the smooth cycle through both cams that you're looking for. There, it's it's there. It, all you have to do is take the time to f find that that finite little poundage that you're looking for. It's there. How long has that cam been out? That's uh, 16? 16, 2016. 16? Now, have there been cams that didn't have like? I think with any cam system, as bow companies go through them, they make improvements to them because, you know, honestly, it's hard to bring something to market where it's perfect out of the gate. It's a lot like the Elevate Rest. You know, when I brought that out, I felt like it had a lot of cool options, but I also had to make adjustments. And I've also got to make adjustments again because, 
like right now with the new Matthews, it actually is a thicker riser than they've ever had before, and I need to get further left. So, you know, we're going to have to make some changes to the bracket. What was what cam system or what combination was on that bow that kind of had a little bit crazy uh, knock travel that time? The expression. What was what was on the expression? Was it the, the SE? expression was no, that's uh, DM the DM cam. cam. Right. That was so. That was the one that I came up here with, and we kind of had an S in my yeah. arrow, and we mm-hmm. just couldn't get the. We 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 fought timing, trying to get the cams to time, 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 and I I mean. I was putting twists in the top, taking twists out of the bottom, putting knocks. I, I chased that cam for a good bit. Finally got it after I left here, and we did a lot of slow-mo where you yeah. were behind me with the iPad and just going, look, man, look, this is what's happening to your arrow and showing me. And, and so I got it after I left, and then so the DM cam was, was good, and then the Evolve cam came out. It's... What it's I think is important to that day. is some people try a product and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a PSE. I can tell you that there were certainly times, like, if someone would have tried a, a Matthews, but the only bow they bought was a Matthews Black Max because that was the one advertised for the highest speed that year, they would have 100% thought, man, these things do not feel good. <laughs> so... You know, I've, I'm kind of sitting here thinking, are there times where, because I had a few people say, I tried one once, you know, it was a little bit aggressive, and I'm thinking, when did they do that? Because I haven't pulled back anything that's felt aggressive to me. So was there a time where you were maybe chasing speed more, th- you yeah, know, as a company to where? Definitely. We, you know, we've always been a speed company. So we want to have the fastest bow, but the fastest bow is not going to feel the best. Yeah, never. Yeah, so, you know our full throttle, that hands down, fastest bow out there. I really don't want to shoot one. <laughs> my shoulders won't. My shoulders won't take it anymore. Yeah. But I can get very comparable speeds out of a Evolve Cam system. It, the draw cycle's smoother. Yeah, and um, it feels good to shoot it. Yeah, what is seven feet a second worth to someone? To me, some people a lot. To me, nothing. Yeah, from a, a guy that has a twenty-six and a half inch draw length, like seven. I, was, I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> doesn't matter. I'm never going to be fast. <laughs> you only you can, get seven feet. Yeah, a you second. can pretty much catch my arrow out of the, out of the air. It's, Brad has a seventeen-inch draw. <laughs> so, so that brings up a, a, a great point. Um, something that was brought up to me through my local club was the the aging athlete. Right. You know, somebody that's on an experience in life and they want to find something. They well, were, the reality is that's the that's the largest portion of the hunting license holders right now, which is the scary part. Right. About our industry, that is the scary part. So, you know, that's one thing with me, you know, when people say, well, you know, we don't really like to do it that way. And I'm like, listen, dude. My demographic is 25 to 34. We don't like what you do. Sorry, but. Speaking to a few of the members that are at my local club, you know, I I see them. Which is is kind of a majority of the people that really got archery kind of solidified within, you know. The last ASA state qualifier shot down in Lakeland, Florida. The majority of the shooters were in the senior hunter. 
right? And so these are the guys that I'm shooting with because they're retired. So they, right. what do they do? They go to the archery range three days a week, mm-hmm. four days a week, you know, or they're not golfing because they may have an ailment that stops them from golfing. So they found archery and archery is something that they're, they're into. And I don't know what we can do necessarily as an industry to, to work towards that aging athlete that wants something to do. You can pick up a bow. And I mean, now with, especially with the EC cams, right? you can put them into a, you know, a 50 pound bow at 80% lot off. They're holding three pounds. I mean, leaves me out when you say EC cam. So the evolved like, cam, there's, so there's why don't big you just say the EC. ECs? ECs. You throw oh, an yeah. extra C on the end, and then I'm like, <laughs> like yeah. ATM wait, machine. what is the EC cam? <laughs> extra cool? Like, extra, extra cool. Yeah, if you just said the ECs, sure. then I'd be like, oh, oh yeah, they mean the Evolve cam. The Evolve cam, cam is cool. Yeah. The Evolve okay. cam is cool. So Okay. There it is. ECIS. But that's something System. that I think the industry needs to look at. I mean, you got the aging athlete that can continue to continue the sport of archery. They are looking at it. It's called with a crossbow. Yeah, there, there's that too. The fang. <laughs> That's the unfortunate thing. <laughs> have you shot the fang? That thing is nasty. No, yeah. I don't even know where the fang is. Yeah, I it's sent you one. I sent you one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Harry did like them. Yeah, Harry. Harry. The thing is, there's honestly, I don't have an, I don't have an issue with crossbows either. You know, there's. If it's going to get him Listen, in the woods. Listen, a podcast I did like two or three podcasts ago with Chad Ward. Chad was not at a at a position in life where, I mean, you know, I don't know what he said. Did he say he was 500 pounds? Close to, he was over 500 pounds, and he's down to almost 200 pounds. Now. Yeah, 180 right yeah, now. That's ridiculous. So, okay, there's, I I literally picked up and carried out a Yeti 55 to set up on a, like at the top of this draw, I set it down and Chad sat on that freaking thing while we waited to like, see if hogs would come out of this draw. And he, you know, he shot a freaking crossbow. That's what he shot. And he got a hog with it. So I was, you know, I was freaking super, super pumped with that. But he wasn't at a position then where he would have been able to shoot a bow. And some people, honestly, I feel like from an ethics point of view, I think there's a valid argument to crossbows. Do you? For people who are archers. I do. Or want to be archers. But deep down they know, you know what? I never practice with this thing. Like, let's just be honest. Sure. You never freaking shoot. So I would rather you go out and have this thing that's, a you know, it's got a ballistic match scope and you're able to ethically make a good shot on an animal. I don't want to shoot an archery tournament with one, but, you know, if it comes down to straight ethics, I think there is a place for it, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, if you're going to get somebody back into the woods or keep them in the woods for an extra 10 years... Because they can cock a crossbow and put a red dot on it right. with uh, any type of sight and let it go, or you you could put a BDC sight on there with multiple crosshairs in there, and they can they're good out to sixty yards. And to, for anybody that says, "Oh yeah, it's just as it's like a rifle," no, shoot a crossbow. Shoot a crossbow. You, it's be- not a rifle. Shoot a crossbow before you go and say, "Oh, it's just like a rifle." Right. It's not. It's 
<laughs> it's nowhere near a rifle. So get out there and shoot it. And if it's going to keep people in the woods, one pin to fifty yards. Yeah, I'd rather have you in the woods and <laughs> people and, that and tell me that I just want to slap them. I'd I'd rather you be <laughs> in the woods with a crossbow than sitting at home going, "Dang, I wish I was in the woods." Right. Well, what about the kids who you know a lot of states have poundage restrictions, so they they can't pull the bow, so they can't hunt. My cousin's kids, like he got his kids out. My cousin John, he got his kids out younger than him and I. When you know, my uncle got me and my cousin out hunting very young, but John got his kids out even earlier than that, and he did because he was able to go out, give them that, and honestly, him being a true passionate bow hunter, I think. I think it was just easier for him to go out with a crossbow with his kids rather than go out with a rifle. You know what I mean? There definitely is a place for it. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, the youth. The youth alone. Uh, I I originally bought my son a crossbow because obviously couldn't pull the weight of a bow, wasn't really interested, but really loved his BB gun, really loved shooting a gun, so it was it related to him. Put a red dot on it, HHA optimizer, sighted it in all itself. And I'm like, here you go. Here you go. And at 30 yards, he's just whacking a hog target. And he's like, Dad, I want to go, I want to go hog hunting. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. Of course, he ended up with a 7mm 08 rather than a crossbow. <laughs> Did his thing, but he's absolutely hooked. So, I mean, if you can get a youth or into the field or keep an aging archer in the field, right. I think it's absolutely worth it. Yep. I'd have to agree. What um, what's a story from PSE that you continually tell that you think is funny? <laughs> <laughs> like if you go to a camp, is there ever one that you ever tell? Uh, yeah, there are, but they're very inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the bleep button. We can just. <laughs> no, most of them are show related and stuff that happens at the show that we have a good time with and it always just sticks with you certain things stick with you for a while and i'm not going to tell the story because it involves me (laughs) (laughs) what we'll tell it you already let in no no i'm not gonna do it ain't no way what uh brad yep was the best day of your life when I sent that text out to the whole Knock On Nation about the fact <laughs> I have some some news I want to tell everyone. Was that like your best day? See, yeah, uh, the thing is, like, I, I remember the day very vividly when, <laughs> when I found out that this was going to be the reality. And I was like, you know, because we all, everybody made fun of Ryan. I was like, this isn't going to be the end. We're still going to make fun of Ryan. No. It's just about one less thing. Okay. So yes, you know it was it was it was a little bit it was bittersweet. You know, there's there's uh, one less thing to make fun of him about, but he's still Ryan. Yeah, fact. Yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm absolutely okay. One if, thing I want if, if one, that's the question you're asking me. One thing I want to talk about because this weekend on the builds, uh, we're going to be putting the very very first production riddance stabilizers. They literally got here today. Next day air. We're we're assembling stabilizers right now. Um, we know a hundred percent 
if we put the ones on that we have right now, they'll be sold out so fast it'll piss people off. So we're actually, there's another batch that's going to follow up in a few weeks, so we're going to postpone that. And another reason why is because the ridden stabilizers um, is going to be one of the knock-on accessories that we're going to offer through the PSE dealers, which, hey, PSE dealers, by the way, this you don't know this yet, but <laughs> um, your rep's going to be coming to you with this. But, um, yeah, and we want to make sure people are able to um, to kind of get them everywhere as well as through us. But I'm, again, I, you know, I know this is a, like a selling thing, but I want honesty through it. So just so everyone knows out there, I've been working on this stabilizer for, I think, close to two years. And I finally got to the point where I had one where it was done. There was a graphic on it. It's what you guys saw me personally shoot all last year. And then it got to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm bringing these to market. And when I placed that initial order for all that to happen, I sent a full set around to you guys. Who got it first? Bailey. <laughs> Poor Bailey has the she's, flu and she's yeah, not she's here. She was supposed dog. to be here. She's, Bailey, we miss you. Yeah. Yeah, so, she's awesome. Bailey and Bailey. Bailey both squared. Both the Baileys. The Bailey, Bailey squared dynamic duo I know. are amazing down there in Missouri. They can't shoot that on their um, their trad bows, though. They've been smoking those Black Widows. They've been... Well, that's all you can do with them when you fill one tag a year. Eh, Might as well throw that thing on the fire. So so Bailey got them. I'd rather (laughs) grind up my recurve and put it in my Traeger (laughs) (laughs) than shoot it. Bailey got them, and she's like, oh, my God, I'm sending them to you. I got them, and I'm like, oh, my God, Peak, I'm sending them to you. Peak got them. And he went, oh, my God, Brad. Send him to the, to we're going to send him to you. Send him to the one-armed <laughs> guy. The one arm, to, we're going to send him to the gimp. I said, all right, cool. I was like, and so then we got the physical therapy exercises with them. Yeah, they're in the truck, by the way. Did so you do physical circle. therapies with them? I did, yeah. He yeah. did rotations. Yeah. <laughs> the rotations in it. He did eyes, Why wise, and tees. Why did you do a video <laughs> for that? <laughs> he did eyes, wise, and tees with his with the stabilizer, I mean, the 30-inch. I sent it to everybody, did I not? He did. Yeah. It, it came through. That was a while ago. He, he might have been. Have they had you time. doing the blade at the rehab <laughs> yet? Yeah, like a roll long shake weight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got to use it yet, but I've seen it. I'm just, I'm just Dude, what so, are they body blades? Yeah. Is that what they yeah, call them? Yeah. Legitimately, this is what's crazy. Those things, when you're like at a certain point of rehab, they're legitimate for your shoulder. I'm hundred percent. Like there's like going to come a point where you're, you're legit, but then there comes a point where you start to freaking get after it again in the gym. And I'm telling you, I had a freaking body blade upstairs. I had one going at a speed to where <laughs> it was going. Sharon was videoing off? me and it was going so freaking crazy. Cause I'm like, check it out. Check how much better I am. And I started going and then she's just like, Holy crap! And I thought, just freaking mash the pedal, and then it got to the point where you're like, 
you're gonna freaking kill yourself with these weights when it smashes you in the you're face. Not gonna get it. To yeah, because you get it going so fast where you want to throw it, but you're afraid to throw it. You're so, gonna see. Yeah, I so, guess I guess we should say that for the people that don't know, I had shoulder, shoulder surgery. Yeah. Okay, so, so there's some context there. I okay, think, I think everybody. We're knows. just not playing with giant shake weights for the fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Brad, I mean, Brad's come in like for one minute at three different times in the podcast. Yep. Not when, to when mention, it, he's probably so the good. one person everyone like. If Actually I post this too. and I say with Ryan Bronco, Brad of all Brads, Lick and Liska, um, <laughs> they're gonna know Brad. Me, obviously, I know nicknames better than everything. They're gonna be like, Brad, sweet. What's sweet. he got to yeah, say? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> See, we, we haven't had a chance for me to interject my, my adolescent humor. Okay. Up until well, now. it'll come. It'll come. <laughs> the weekend is young. I've got but nothing else to offer. Seriously, <laughs> on the stabilizers, though, what are you, like, I know you sent them around and everyone said, oh, my God, and then Brian, and then Brad did, like, He did know, PT with them. Yeah, So PT I had them for three days, four days, and I loaded them serious up. Serious testing then, obviously. Yep. It's definitely serious testing because I have really no job right now, and <laughs> – I spend most of my time at the archery range. I loaded them up with as much weight as I could hold on the front. Seriously? Yeah. Like, Which I'm, for me is three ounces. Yeah. So I was like six. <laughs> I can't hold much more than six ounces okay. out on the front. And I'm just like, okay. And so the I loaded it up on the end of a uh, an Evolve 35 that I've had for a couple of years. And it's, it's got the big cams on it. It's the ECs. Yeah. EC. Yeah, I like that. I know okay. what that is. EC. <laughs> so evolve with a in other with words, a with a loaded up about a four hundred and twenty grain three D arrow, and shot it, and it just since took, when did three D arrows go to four hundred twenty grains? Mine was two forty. <laughs> well, you you I shot, shot a, way, I shot a, way back. I shot a light speed with a thirty grain flightmate cool thirty point. <laughs> way back, back when you f- back. carried three your bows ASA on the range <laughs> for all twenty targets. Your ASA six hundred and thirty seven something like that, uh, six thirty one or something yeah. silly like yeah, that. Yeah, my ASA. Yeah, I'm forty thousand four thousand seven hundred fifty nine. So, oh okay. God, feel good about yourself. So, four hundred and twenty grain arrow on a seventy pound bow. And with those riddance bars on there, it took all of the residual vibration out of my riser, but still left enough feel to where I could tell when I gooned up my shot. You know, it's like, okay, bunk, oh, that felt great. Bunk, oh, I was torquing that because I could feel it, but it was just absolutely dead yeah. in your hand and it takes but a 70 pound bow no matter what company you're shooting on it's gonna have some thump to it yeah especially with a with a light enough arrow for sure exactly so a 400 grain arrow is not overly heavy for a 70 pound bow it had some it had some thump in it and you could feel it you put those res, those riddance bows on or bars on there and you could still feel your shot but it just took all residual out of it in top to bottom like my my sight wasn't vibrating as much you couldn't hear the the buzz yeah of of your sight because that's a big 3d sight it's got a light on inside of it the scope's hanging out there it's got shades on front and back 
umbrellas off um, the top you, cams. You know, you got you got all the the bells and whistles. Gore-Tex, and Gore-Tex for uh, sure. You got to have it. It's water be waterproof. Gore, yeah, if Gore-Tex it's not waterproof, launcher blades. I mean, that's it. The so, veins are all. Um, so you got everything tech, vibrating all you tech. can, and it those heat shield. Definitely got to have the heat shield. <laughs> PSE creates the heat. <laughs> Don't know if you know about it. And it just it took all of those different frequencies and just literally got rid of them just like the name that's why we named it that because i went i carried that for a year and at every hunting camp i would just say hey man can you take that i said can you make a shot and they'd make a shot and then i'd say can you just put this on don't change anything just put this on and then instantly you could hear the natural sound of that bow changed and then also it was a just the amount of hand shock they felt which you know Call me a call me a wimp if you want to. I'm to the point where like with the arthritis that I have and the bone spurs that I have, I feel everything a bow gives back. Especially at thirty one inches. You know, I feel everything that bow wants to tell me, I can feel it. And I was just like, wait a minute. I, this is two different bows with, honestly, all I'm changing is a 10-inch rod. The 10-inch rod is actually a full 13 total, and then the 8 is actually 11. Because with um, I went ahead and licensed the original Doinker A-bomb, like the original from back a decade or more ago, um, I've got weights that are matched to that original one that are machined down to that comes with three ounces standard. You can unstack them if you would like to. Um, and then I have a Sims product on the end of that as well. And then the actual rod itself is two different materials. So you have four very different materials that cancel different frequencies. So the type of frequency you're canceling through that device is you know is it's pretty vast whereas a lot of the stuff that's out there is very singular is that, that fair to say i would say yeah, that definitely all that like like mashing to what i would consider like a like a micro diameter stabilizer too as far as you know the the, the diameter of the tube yeah it's quite a bit smaller i would say than most of the stabilizers on the market i would so say it's average to slightly below average but it's not a micro would would you say that brett bronco yeah it's because right now there's there's micros that honestly when i see people shoot them i'm thinking i saw randy ulmer shoot that on the freaking cabela's tour but then you're probably sacrificing rigidity at that point though right listen i've shot some and i did not like them yeah i mean um Earlier today, we were we were at, like, Knock on HQ downtown. I've got at least 15 stabilizers on that wall that I shot, you know, each one for a week at a time. And there were some where I'm like, what? People are raving about this? And maybe maybe it's just like who I am or the length that I'm shooting, but the reality is I I had there was no way I would choose that over another product. 
What do you What do you feel? What do you like personally? Like, what do you What do you guys like at the I, factory? I personally like the smaller stabilizers. I don't like the long rigid stabilizers. So the one you were showing me today is like right up my alley. That you was like a more of a 10, bow hunter 12, style? Yeah. You know how when I tell people um, what stabilizer they want, what I say is, if I set my bow down on the ground as a bow hunter. I want the stabilizer in the front limb cup or the front cam to keep my sight out of the crap. You know, that's what I want. If I set it down, if my stabilizer is so short to where I set it down and my sight is like buried in the mud and crud, then I'm going to end up messing something up on a hunt without really knowing that I'm doing it. Right. So. I'm a, I'm a 10, eight guy. Uh, I'm, I'm a tree stand hunter. <laughs> So I've got a ten on the front, eight on the back. Ten eight got for sure. 10, eight, got definitely a ten eight. So that's that's what just what he got under that ten eight. Yeah. Oh yeah. A couple ounces. Here and there. You know. What's your feeling on uh extreme stabilizer weight? Personally I don't like it. I can't hold it up. I can if I can hold it up, I can hold the bow steadier, but I don't shoot any better. Okay, well, here's a, here's a legitimate question for someone that's within a factory. Um, because I've been there, and it was a constant headache. There's times when people call you with a tuning issue, mm-hmm. which, honestly, it's not a tuning issue. It's a form issue. How common is that? Very common. And it's- what's the number one? Uh Probably right and left tears, and that's basically your grip pressure on the bow. Is it more grip than facial? Uh, it's probably about 60-40. Okay. So grip pressure, what is the one thing you think people are doing wrong the most? Putting too much palm into it. Too much palm? Like just Either death? just Death gri- gripping it and pushing into it really hard. So turning your thumb. Inwards. Yeah. So if you put your bow hand out right now look at your thumb and the position it's in, and then turn it towards your other fingers, and that's like putting thumb pressure on a riser. And so you're you're kind of adding a pre-torque to yeah. the system that you're you... You're inducing torque into it. And so you're pretty much where you impact at different distances from your from your pin point of view cuz any torque you have magnifies which that's why I'm a big I'm a big advocate of having my hunting site closer to my a little bit closer to my setup right. um because on my hunting bows I don't want my broadhead behind my hand so I'm not going to shoot an extended overdraw from a on a hunting bow because I'm not going to cut my arrow behind my hand. I don't want a blade behind my hand. That's just me personally. I've seen freaky stuff go down. So if you're shooting, you know, a rest that's at the back of the riser, and let's just say you're cutting your arrow at minimum over the top of your hand, are you, like, what distance do you think that most people can still remain accurate at? Probably 40 yards where they don't really start getting really bad rights, lefts. and From torque? Yeah. And then, obviously, do you think the further out people are putting their sights, the more they're they're going to miss from that? 
the theory behind it is it's more accurate to have your sight out further away. I like to keep mine kind of midpoint. I think you start getting too much torque, peep turning. You can get a lot of weird yeah. visuals that way. Yeah. If everything is perfect, the further out you get it from you, it's like a magnifying glass. You're magnifying everything. So the further you get it away from yourself, if you're off a little bit here or there, then yes, you will be more accurate. Because as you're moving off the target, you'll move it back, you know, your your sight picture. But that is factoring in that you have perfect technique. Mm -hmm. If you have a flaw in your technique, then at that point it's magnifying the opposite direction. Is that fair? That's a fair, yeah, fair statement. That's one of the things I think limit a lot of people. You know, I talked about this. Um, I've talked about this with a lot of people, but one of the things that one of the things that I think is cool is Cam and I have very different setups, but we're also very, very different in, like, you know. Cam shoots a shorter draw. I shoot an extreme long draw. So we're, you know, we're, we're, if he told me how he sets up his setup, if I shot it at my draw length, it's not a fair comparison. So it is comparing apples to oranges and oranges to apples. But I feel like at, if I, at a 31 inch draw or a 30 and a half inch draw, I feel like if I fully extend my sight in front of my bow, I would personally magnify, especially because the reality is during hunting season, I do not practice every day. So I'm not, I'm good enough to kill, but I'm not good enough to win. You know what I mean? Right. So um, I feel like I need the common ground of, I need forgiveness without expectation. I get that. Um, understanding that, you know, during the tournament season, I'm trying to hit a silver dollar at 50 yards yep. or 45 yards, where during hunting season, I'm looking to hit a softball at any given distance, right? Yep. But your, your your magnification difference between trying to shoot a, a finite object or a finite target at distance versus shooting a an area target at distance it changes the way you shoot. So I don't have to shoot the, the 100, 200 arrows a day yeah. to try and keep a softball-sized group at 50 yards, yeah. right? An ethical Because you're not shot. shooting a quarter at 50. Right. <laughs> you know, at a tournament. Right. At a tournament, yeah. you're shooting you're, you're shooting a 50-cent piece it, or a, do, a dollar, and, and if you're missing, you miss. It doesn't yeah. matter if you miss by a quarter inch, you miss. Yeah. But at a whitetail or an elk or, or, or a live target at 50 yards. If you're shooting at a silver dollar and you miss by a quarter inch, guess what? It's still going to run off. And you're die. still in the heart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're still in the heart, the lungs, the vitals, yeah. the, the, all the different, the pump works that you're trying to get to. So I can understand how you're, you know, come hunting season, it's, I get a breath, and the whole reason I started the 3D game was to to get more efficient at killing, yeah. and now it's like, okay, cool. 
I don't have to concentrate on hitting the tick. I can hit the whole hair puff or the hairline change. Well, I think the difference is if you're hitting a tick when you're on, then you're hitting a paper plate when you're like... Freaking, 60%. When you're like blindfolded. Right. And that's what I want. I don't want to hit a plate when I'm on because then I'm hitting a van when I'm blindfolded. I want to hit a tick when I'm on. In a plate when I'm blindfolded. That's so, what I want. F- funny story. So Fort Benning has a great deer program. And their archery program to hunt in the what's called the containment area. Yeah. So it, it's in like you were talking about the other day with the Fort up Fort in McCoy. Yeah. Fort McCoy. Yeah. So Fort Benning has a similar similar program where you can hunt in and around the the base facilities. And their test is you have to hit an eight inch paper plate at thirty yeah. yards for three arrows. Let's do an eight inch paper plate. I at think 30 it was yards like for three, three arrows. I think it was three out of five. I think we were 20, so it's just three. Twenty. It's three arrows at thirty yards. You have to hit that paper plate, and you're qualified to go archery hunting in and around the barracks. Most it's, trad people could do that. Absolutely, you got. We got to hack it up there. That can I'm only probably. saying because <laughs> Bailey, <laughs> Bailey, and Aaron Snyder are like, whatever, dude. <laughs> hack it upstairs can probably. Oh yeah. Do inside, hack it can out, softball. I guarantee you, if we shot tomorrow, Hackett could probably outshoot me at <laughs> twenty yards with his with trad his bow. Exactly. So, which is even better. I'm it, gonna make fun of it more. It's great. So I mean that's that's the actual proficiency test to Trad before Brad I think that's <laughs> 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 we should have got Justin on here I would like to think I'm a little bit cooler than Renaissance equipment but oh, no. it, it, it sounds good it's been around forever <laughs> but that's that's larping is way cooler that's the litmus test for Fort Benning that's the litmus test for Fort Benning is a paper plate at thirty yards so if we're doing better than that I mean. There we go. Sounds good. Did we not talk about anything you'd like to talk about? No, it's all good. <laughs> you've listened more than you've talked. I'm good at that. You are? All right. Anybody? We Speak now weekend. or forever hold your cowboy steak because we're getting weekend. ready to plow some food. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. Uh, hope you enjoyed this podcast, and we've got other podcasts coming up. So thanks, everybody, so much, and shout out to the Knock On Nation. Appreciate you guys more than you ever would know. And gals, see ya. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. Knockonarchery.com.